When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, my name is Dan. This is the Desert Island Dicks podcast and you are about to listen to an episode with Canadian comedian John Hastings, who is very lovely indeed. And uh, we had a lovely time chatting. This was recorded uh, just before Christmas and, um, and that's it really. He's on tour in February this year. Obviously that'd be way too early to promote it if it was in 2024 but february 2023 is on a tour of the uk he'll give you more information about that during the podcast if you're interested or you can look him up at thejohnhastings.com but yeah anyway this is desert island dicks and you know the format by now um if you're new to this podcast well thank you for for coming along and i'm sure you'll pick up the format very quickly because it's not complicated but we're happy to have you here whether it's your first time listening or you're a long time listener i'm babbling a lot i haven't really got the hang of 2023 just yet if i'm honest um but look let's just get into it Let's have a lovely time. I'll be back at the end for a little bit more rambling. And yeah, here's Desert Island Dicks with John Hastings. Hi, I'm Dan Benedictus and welcome to Desert Island Dicks, the show that sees you marooned on a desert island after a plane crash with the worst people and worst things imaginable. Who they are and why they're a dick is up to our guest and here to share their Desert Island Dicks with us today is comedian John Hastings. How are you doing? Daniel, it's so good to see you and it's so good to hear you pronounce your last name so I did not have to figure out how to attempt that because let me tell you, (laughs) it has been a quagmire ever since I opened Gmail as we've been trying to set up a time for the this <laughs> like it just you're either posh or greek or something crazy you know what i mean <laughs> yeah i know i know yeah don't worry we can you, we can just be on first name terms now so we can just get rid of Thank that God. hard thing so yeah. it's okay i don't have to obey via the text you sent me that said refer to me as lord benedictus yeah i mean at the first, i mean it's taken so long to set up this recording that i feel like we're past all that now so that's the benefit yeah, know, of, right? of all the logistics we've been through to get this going I also like, by the way, in terms of uh, email interactions, how quickly things get informal now. You know what I mean? It's basically two, you get two, hey, whatcha? And then by the third email back and forth, it's now a text. You're mm. now getting no punctuation, no grammar. How about this? No, like just literally half a sentence. Get on it. I love it. That's what I want. <laughs> I find that the, the real minefield is like when people put kisses at the end of emails and some people do oh, and some people don't. Yeah, baby. Um, and I just like the other day I just hit, I was emailing someone. I didn't know them at all. And I accidentally just hit the X button by, completely by chance. And I was like, oh, God, shit, shit. And then they just replied with a kiss back. And it was really inappropriate. But they've obviously gone, oh, fuck. Well, well he's done it. I'll do it too. 
But it wasn't too awkward. That's the most British thing I've ever heard in my life, and I completely think that that's exactly what happened, and that you guys were just in a situation where um, they both felt you guys both felt uncomfortable, but luckily you went, well, we can't address our uncomfortability, so let's just both do it to each other and then think about this for the rest of our lives. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Cool. So, John, I'm recording here in London. You're over in Denver at the minute. Ooh, yeah, on the sweet, sweet stand-up comedy road. Whatcha? Whatcha? That's me whipping my imaginary comedy horse. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing with this metaphor, but I have prepared <laughs> the people and things I would hate to be marooned on a desert island. I had a question about the desert island. Sure. Has it been established where we are in the world on this desert island? Are we in the Caribbean? Are we in the Pacific? I pictured Pacific. Okay, we can go with Pacific. I mean, I usually picture, you know, your bog standard kind of sunny desert island. I mean, there must be okay. cold shit desert islands as well. But I mean, we will at least give you some sun, I think. That's... That's that's about it, though. But, you know, palm trees, that kind of thing. Yeah, okay, good. So then my, my first person is the unaware tell you what you should do person. Do you know, are you familiar <laughs> with this person? I assume they've been featured on the program before. I'm, I'm familiar with this sort of person, but I'd, I'd like to hear your, your thinking behind it. To elaborate this type of person, I, I'm someone that um, in the last two years I got divorced. I had a lot of bad stuff happen. And that's a situation where these people will really pop up a lot. Um, a personal favorite is uh, a person right after my divorce sat me down and went, I want to let you know you're being really sensitive to criticism. And I was just like, yeah, man, I've been getting a divorce. And then when that person had some bad stuff in their lives, I didn't bring it up. But every time I wanted to, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. One person also in mid-divorce told me I need to worry more about my finances while I was sleeping on their couch. What finances do I need to worry about? <laughs> I'm crashing on your so extended by the way to my own family i remember having to borrow money from my dad and he was like i was sharing a divorce lawyer uh with my ex and i was borrowing money from my dad and my dad said i um i think you need to really think about your investments about sharing a lawyer and i was like i'm borrowing money from you i'm not worried about my money you should be worried about your money brother like those people you know what i'm saying it's just they, the people that when you're going through something and they don't understand all the circumstances they put on, they put their experience on top of it. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. That that just always goddamn gets me. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Just so unf And it's also just so lack of self-awareness. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, oh, my God. People that give you relationship advice and they are cheating on their wives, which happens all the time. <laughs> Americans love giving you some relationship advice and then ending the sentence with no don't tell the, don't tell my wife about maria like it's just like for fuck's sake <laughs> yeah yeah I, it's, it's like it's such an annoying thing because you're the one being annoyed by this person but you can't tell them to just fuck off that's the annoying thing like eventually Absolutely. you can but it it takes quite a lot and then you're really ungrateful for it when you think you're the insensitive bastard who's been giving me all this advice unsolicited when I haven't even, like, I haven't asked it. You know, you're a good enough friend that I would be happy to ask you for advice if I needed it, and I haven't, so shut up. That's the thing, is it's also, like, there are always people that are, like, good clutch hitters, good friends in other situations. It's just, like, that one aspect, you're just like, I want you to swallow my fist. Like, it's just absolute... <laughs> madness oh it drives me nuts drives me crazy it's just it's also that sort of thing of like look at your own yard you know what i mean i didn't own a chair until 2019 dan i do not tell people about financial futures you know what i'm saying i'm a stand-up comedian i will tell that if they have a wedding speech coming up i might give them some advice on a joke but i'm then not going to talk to the priest about the bible because i don't know what's in it you know what i mean <laughs> yeah fair enough i find quite often like 
someone will sort of start asking you about a situation and you don't want to get into it because it might be personal or or complicated or whatever and they'll start giving you an explanation and it's like I'm going through a hard time. I've thought about every fucking angle of this problem. Of course. And the reason I'm not giving you all of it is because I don't want to go on about it now because we're just outside the school gates or something or like in a supermarket uh, yeah, absolutely. or whatever. You know, and you just think, okay, the only reason for me to, the only way to really explain why you can't give me advice is to go into the situation in such detail that you'll know that it is actually a bit too complicated. And that's not that appealing, but neither is listening to you kind of give me really simple answers to the thing. Absolutely. And it's also that sort of thing of it's people. I always find that that aspect of their personality gets in the way in other ways and they are never self-aware enough to recognize. They just need to sort of it's again, it's working on communication to be a really unfunny. It's people that are showing their sensitivities in a situation and are extolling their biggest fears as advice. That said, they need to manage it better through therapy and also by not bothering me with their bullshit. Mm. You know what I mean? That two, that double pronged problem yeah. of people just not dealing with their own bullshit. Mm. But I do. I also think it's a very interesting time for this because I think that everyone's lives are really chaotic mm. and I think that people are so unaware about how chaotic they are that they will still give advice to other people at, in the same moment you know what I mean because yeah. they're like oh yeah sure we uh, we lost the house because I put it all on crypto but at least I'm not like John who is divorced and also recently shit his pants. And it's like you kind of like, "Hey man, you can't you can't relate those two things. I'm I'm better than you. I still got a place." Like that sort of stuff. Even <laughs> even though I need to change me trousers. But that's sort of how it feels. You see where yeah. you see where I'm going with this? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, I I know someone who's I just I think it's so annoying when the, the polite thing to do is sort of bottle it up. It, maybe, you know, we should just have the conversation early and then we don't have to deal with it. But I know someone who for years has been giving me advice on, on life and like employment and things like that. And I've politely listened because it's quicker than arguing with this person. Of course. You know, but you sort of bottle it up and then I do the opposite and I've basically... More or less, I'm I'm all right with how things have gone. You know, I've had some ups and some downs, but at no point have I thought, God, they were right. At no point. In fact, I've often thought, God, I'm glad I never took their advice. I'd be doing something I really hated right now. You know, and you just think, some, one of these days, I'm going to have to have a very big argument with this person and just explain this, you know. Absolutely. It's also that thing of it's so, when you talk about it's not worth the argument, that's the thing that always gets to me because I, for years... Just go, I'll just say this, and if it's a problem, it's a problem. And now it's sort of the opposite where I just, like, I know exactly what you mean where you're like, I'll just listen. But the pro do you ever have this where you're, like, listening and then midway through you get tired? Mm. So then your, like, need to just not have conflict is outweighed by the fact that you're now sleepy. And, like, when <laughs> I don't know how you are when you're sleepy, but when I'm sleepy, I'm just, I have no time for people's shit. Like, I'm just kind of like... Uh, no, and then I don't want to also get into it, so I just want to declare that I disagree without having to then follow up. Mm. That is also a big problem in, with these types of people, you know what I mean? Because yeah. they want wants to go round and round. Because also, I don't think that they think... I don't think they know what they're doing, so therefore they don't realize that they are open to criticism, mm. and the whole thing just makes me want to bite through a leather belt. You know what I mean? <laughs> also, on a desert island, these type of people would be the worst because they'd always be relating stuff back to what they did on the mainland, even though we're now on a desert island. Mm. Like the, You want to actually stack the coconuts on the north side? I learned that when I worked at Zeller's, which is a Canadian reference that I don't know why I dropped here on a <laughs> British podcast, but I like to keep people on their toes. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, though. When you're in a survival situation and you're trying to sort of humour them just because you can't be bothered with an actual argument with them and they're telling you how to build a shelter and do a fire and you know that it's wrong, but you still have to put up with it and you're going to have, you know, and your survival depends on it. You're a better man than I. You're better man right there. If it's that where they're like telling me to do a fire, then I'm like, let me do it my way or you do it. I'll make them do it, and when they don't do it, then it's WN. Mm. Then if they do it right, you have fire, that's great. If they don't do it right, then you have that over them for the rest of their lives. <laughs> and the key is you just have to make sure to never let them forget. That's yeah. the that's the trick. Yeah. You have to be as 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 petty as members of my family, as they as the saying goes. You know what I mean? <laughs> Well, I think we're off to a very good start, John. I think we can all relate to this dick of a person. Um, right, who's going to be the second person joining you on the island? Okay, people that are bad at being leaders who think they are leaders, absolutely go fuck yourselves. <laughs> you know exactly who I'm talking about. Guy who always wants to organize a thing, never does it. Person, This is a key to this person when they go, I'm great at that. And then you think, yeah, you have no examples in your life of showing me that you're great at that. That type of person, that person, guess where they're going? In the bin. See you in the bin. I just held up a cup symbolizing bin. That's the thing. Like It's just an absolute waste of time. Nothing ever gets done. They delay everything. Just from wedding... Like, have you ever been going to a destination wedding with a group of friends? This type of person is always a nightmare because they want to handle one part of the admin and you just want get away from it. We're not all doing the same thing. We're in our 30s. People in their 30s, we don't travel as a fucking phalanx. We travel, we sneak in like guerrilla fighters to an event and then we return with liquor and a bit more cake in our bellies. That's what I'm looking, you know what I'm saying? Do you have experience with these people? This is a very British trait, by the way, because, and, and by British, I do mean English. English people have this real problem because so many English people have been told by like a weird headmaster or some shit <laughs> in like near a bog, in a field like, oh, you're actually the future of, of Anglia. And then they believe that. Mm. And and then you're fucking having to deal with this person that's uh, actually the central line does connect to the bank of the line, blah, 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 blah. Mm. and you're saying it doesn't though shut the fuck up no. oh did you know that the DLR actually has a secret pathway and you can actually end up in Liverpool and you're like that's not <laughs> true that, that, that th those type of people just absolutely can fuck off and are such a waste of time yeah stop wasting my time give me back my time give it back you're right man. and I think London is a weird place for this because there's so many times where you can live quite close to someone, but still it's not convenient to meet up and travel together because of the logistics of like the transport network here. And someone will go, yeah. oh, we live quite close. Why don't we go together? And you go, I'm just going to meet you there. It's like, yeah, come on. I don't mm. want to travel all the way on my own. You're like, well. Oh, these people. The, the not. Yes, you do want to travel all the way on your own because here's who you're not taking into account. Me, and that's my podcast time, and daddy needs podcast time. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, I'm not looking for friendship on public transport such a great point yeah and it's you know we're going to meet up in a pub or a party or something like we're gonna have our time together with our friends but this is my bit and don't make an already annoying journey to get somewhere that could really be a bit closer to us but someone organizing it hasn't done it properly don't make this take longer i think it ties into the the first dick really a bit because you know it's that sort of I mean, it's not advice, but it's kind of someone knowing a bit better than you and you kind of having to bite your tongue a little bit. My third one, this is all on a theme of, of the type <laughs> of people that annoy the shit. I mean, the next one's pretty specific. Uh, and it's like a, of a type of person that has emerged. But to talk about this one, mm. um, 
It's exactly like what it, the macro problem I have with people always is is I hate people that don't practice what they preach mm. and I hate people that go there's so much inflicting of anxiety, inflicting of concern, inflicting of fear onto other people so often. It just drives me up the fucking wall, especially after everything we've been through in the last two years. Depending how, however you feel on the political politics of COVID, you all have to agree the last two years have been a unique experience that the six billion people on this planet at this time all shared. And it could have been a real moment of bonding. And it wasn't in part because we had people in positions of power that got there because they just said, well, I should be in charge. And that's a cr true across the political spectrum. And also people kept screaming their opinions like they were as important as a learned person. And we really lost the ability to differentiate that for a while. And it's a real problem. And down to like the fact now that because in like post COVID world, everyone from Uber Eats ate at nice restaurants, everyone thinks they're a fucking foodie <laughs> and they all need to shut the fuck up. If I hear one, if I hear gastric one more time mispronounced, I'm, I'm walking into a river screaming. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I can't argue with any of your points you're making here, John. I mean, they're, they're well observed and well made. So, yeah, I Damn think it's right. true. Yeah, I just I'm sick of these people. I think in some ways I'm getting older. I am less tolerant of people, but also like I'm bored and I want to see people and I have less time to see them. And when I do, I want it to just be a good experience and I don't have time for bullshit around it, you know? Yeah. And also, I think it's like you get to a certain age and you're like, we've we're old enough to not do this now. Like we've had experience. We've got enough experience to sort of streamline the process of just getting along and being okay. It's exactly it. It's also like, I think that a lot of people don't realize that they're in their thirties. I think the, um, to paraphrase uh, a friend of mine, uh, the, I can't believe I get to do this for a friend of mine. I feel so pretentious doing this, but I'm going to do it. To paraphrase my friend, the screenwriter, Joanne Sarazen. Oh, I feel so good. Uh, she once described the city of Montreal as where 25-year-olds go to retire. And I feel like the millennial generation is where 27-year-olds have gone to retire, where it's everyone has a little bit of an understanding of something, and they believe that they are the first person ever to experience it, and they are going to inflict that information on the situation no matter. No, 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 no. I just want to – and it doesn't matter. That, that – that is a real problem we have right now. We need to do something about it. And that something is give mm. a bunch of kids knives, let them sort it out. No, that's a terrible idea and very violent. I don't actually stand for that. But I was just seeing who was paying attention there. This was a trap. <laughs> okay, John. Well, who's going to be the third person joining you? The third person joining me is the do your research people. Now, this has been co-opted around just people when it comes to do COVID. I'm widening the scope. Dan, widen it with me. Widening the scope. There we go. <laughs> We're widening that to uh, all people's specifically uh, political, but also philosophical, ideological, all of those sort of things. The people that will not listen to other opinion, will not entertain another idea or another perspective or another understanding of a situation based purely on the fact that they have come to a conclusion about something. And this is all sort of personified in the phrase, well, you need to do the research. And I just want to say to these people going, no, you need to shut the fuck up because you are not doing any, like, do you know what research, I remember doing research. I went to theater school. Do you know how much shitty like reading about French people in stockings I had to do. That was research. Going Like scrolling, scrolling on the internet is not 
research in the same way. It's on a basis of understanding that can go back, that gives you depth, all of that sort of stuff. You've just regurgitated a couple of things. You don't understand what you're saying. And also what's driving me crazy is all of these people are not going away or have been defeated. When any of these sort of stuff, this is what's going to happen, and then it doesn't happen, they don't come forward and go, whoops. That I, they, I would feel so much better if they were like, ah, egg on our melon. <laughs> Instead, it's just, we just have to fucking just get, they do, well, actually, no, do do this research and eat my butt. That's what I say. Yeah. The thing is, there's sort of people that say, do your research. Like you say, like doing research on the internet doesn't count. It's like, if you've read about a scientific issue on the internet and read some people's opinion on it, that's not the same as going to university, studying biochemistry, <laughs> you know, learning about like viruses and how they work and biology. That's, you know, that's doing your research. It's exactly what, I'm just repeating what you said, I realized, but. <laughs> you're, you're even taking it to a larger degree. You, I also always think these people never take into account the algorithms that are being manipulated, how so many social movements right now are astroturfed into being. And you can actually look, because of the economic situation we find ourselves after a hard, weird, crazy two years, you can see what the actual issues are because they're usually the third thing mentioned on the news. The first thing is always something sensational and not important that we sort of drummed up through social media. Then we have to always sort of address some sort of weird issue of the day that is kowtowing to an extreme group, usually on the right, by the way. And then the third issue is like, oh, by the way, pretty soon we might not have an economy like that. And it's just one of those things where it's like we need to get back to a place where we're critically thinking and understanding what are the important issues of the day. Here's the thing is I think the climate is changing and I've gone from someone that thinks we should save it to I'm saying let's just ride this sucker out. You know what I mean? Like why the fuck? What happened to giving up everybody? That's where I am with this situation. Oh, we need no, 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 no. I'm riding a whale straight towards the sun that's going to engulf us because we just shot a bunch of nukes into it. You know what I mean? Let's get wild <laughs> yeah i mean yeah i probably i don't know if i'm going to join you on that but i mean i like i like your can-do attitude it's pretty nihilistic it's like can-do nihilism you know yeah that's correct you know what i've always said listen i strap it everyone everyone i hope you're sitting in your most uncomfortable chair uh about four years ago i read a noam chomsky book on anarchy uh but just let's we be very quick quiet we can hear everyone getting aroused uh and uh, you bring up noam chomsky and Anar anarchy light the candles because everyone is getting horny um yeah um, but um and it was a very interesting concept of the idea of uh anarchy being not a unorganized political philosophy but a political philosophy that represents the needs of the people at the time and that is something that's really changed my worldview low these years since reading that book the problem that then living through COVID and all that as it kind of gets adapted into the like, do we really need to be here kind of thing? And also no one wants to talk to you about politics. Because if you started off by saying, well, four years ago, I was reading some Noam Chomsky. Everyone drops their chip, no matter the amount of dip on it, onto some sort of surp surface and then just heads off to look at photos of someone's baby on a phone <laughs> and not talk to the annoying millennial in the corner. <laughs> Mwah. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I mean, it's just been a bad time for a lot of people having a lot of weird viewpoints and just too much time on our hands. And I mean, it's good in some ways because like, yeah, we've gone, oh, what's important to me now? Okay, fuck it. I'm going to move to the countryside or I'm going to quit my job or whatever. Completely. You know, there's positive things, but there's a lot of things where you just think, 
you could have stayed busier and been distracted because you're you're you've gone down too deep a wormhole now. I don't know why you know so much about the subject, but I don't think you actually know much about it. But you're going to talk like you do for a long time, and I want you to stop now. I completely agree with you. There, there's a thing that's coming. I had this. This happened on stage. There was a guy who worked in cryptocurrency in the audience, and I was on stage mocking cryptocurrency. And he said something that I think is so indicative of humanity right now, which is he went, what you're saying is mostly smart, but like the stuff you got wrong. And I was like, is the stuff I got wrong the stuff that just disagrees with your hypothesis because you think crypto is a thing and I don't believe crypto is a thing and that's our separation? And, he, and he, it was said in a lot more confrontational terms, but that was basically the conversation between me and a heckler for a second. And what was interesting in that moment is I could see our two divides of like, People always throw that around like we're in different real like people are in different realities now. But it's sort of that thing of like, I just don't have faith in something called Dogecoin, and he does, and that's the interesting crossroads we find ourselves. I, by the way, feel like I'm now going to be on some other guests' lists on this show <laughs> with how pretentious I'm being. But it's how I genuinely do feel, and I do think that that's our real problem: is that we are in a place where. People genuinely have faith as in as real as this table in one thing that a human being that they can be in the same room as is going, no, it's not a thing. It's not a thing. And that's going to be, I think, the interesting crossroads we find ourselves, which is why, Daniel, we need to get rid of these three groups because they're going to hold mm. us back from getting to eternity. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I also just think that the fact that you're getting heckles about cryptocurrency really tells us a lot about where man, where mankind is these days, you know? The amount of fucking sensitive... If I have to fucking talk to one more fucking dude in his fucking 30s or 40s that can't handle someone just saying crypto is a scam. They reinvented a fucking Ponzi scheme. You got had. It's, ju it's just insane, but you're 100% right. People are so sensitive. All that has happened is tech companies have figured out a way to remove having to create an app so they could have a stock and manipulate capitalism to gain wealth. They've now just created a thing that is a fake stock that we're investing money into. I'm definitely, by the way, now appearing on another guest list. The guy who knows a lot about crypto but doesn't like it guy. Hello. You can follow me on Twitter at the John Hastings. I don't know. I mean, I've had people talk about crypto bros on here before, but I haven't really ever had. I've never had someone from the other side say, oh, look, I hate people who slag off crypto. So I think I think for now we're OK. So I think we're right. Yeah, it's, I think it's the nice thing of your uh, you're doing a niche kind of alty fun comedy podcast in Britain. And that's a lot of hurdles for a crypto bro to leap. <laughs> I hope so. Hopefully we're safe in our tower here because <laughs> I just don't have the energy, to be mm. honest. Um, all right, John. Well, look, you've picked a, a lovely trio of stone cold, solid dicks. So uh, I think certainly I think, uh, you know, you've got your company sorted on the island, but we're going to move on because mercifully amongst the wreckage of the plane, there was some food and drink left over. Unfortunately for you, it's your least favorite food and drink in the world. What are they and why? Okay, the food is something that is delicious that you like keep going back for a little, but you know it's it's not gone like off that you shouldn't eat it and you'll be you'll die, but off just enough that the next day you're going to be really bloated and gassy for about three days. But that's your only food, so you're in a constant bloat, gassy fart cycle, okay. and not the fun farts like where it's a lot of like blah, <laughs> like it's like the kind of farts where you're like I can't let this go if I'm not directly above a toilet. 
Okay, okay. And do you have a specific food in mind, or just sort of just that ballpark of that area of uh, decay? Bad, bad, bad bar nachos. If you're in, uh, if you're in North America, or a chicken, like a, um, like a, like a doner meat and chips that's been left overnight on a coffee mm-hmm. table, and it's the morning time. Going, oh, what's what's the worst? Having a little couple of nibs, and then the next day you're, bah! yeah, that's yeah, that's the noise your asshole is making. Going. Yeah, terrible time. <laughs> and the uh, the drink, by the way, is uh, is uh, liquor, but it's uh, you have to drink it near a man telling you that he enjoys in the taste of liquor. I don't believe that anyone enjoys the taste of liquor. They enjoy the the after effects. They enjoy the euphoria and the fun and all that sort of stuff. But they do not enjoy that like. <laughs> taste <laughs> and then and then so for liquor i mean you mean just like any alcohol really or is it like a sp- no, not not beer no. so not wine like, hard, like spirits what we would call it over here spirits, spirits. correct yeah. yes okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah 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 and spirits specifically was a you know you've ever been drinking a tequila you do a tequila shot and someone goes oh i love the taste of tequila and you go no you don't stop stop with this full machismo you don't like the taste you like the after effects of the fun enjoyable naughtiness that we're all doing shots together when we're getting crazy and that's really fun but let's not um uh let's ignore the let's not ignore the fact that it comes to cost and the cost that it just felt like a cactus was a cat and it just took a piss in my mouth <laughs> yeah i think it's weird with with alcohol like i like a conversation about alcohol that goes about this far like oh this is nice yeah it's nice and that, and that's about that's about it i don't want to go into every other type of drink that's like this that I might also I think it was who was it we had on here I think it was comedian Nigel Ng and he was saying he really likes whiskey but the problem is as soon as he gives someone a whiskey in his house they'll just tell you about all the other whiskeys that he's not serving them you know it's like oh have you tried this and it's like but I didn't give you that tell me that the whiskey I've given you is a nice thing it's why I really like bourbon is that no one knows enough about it that it does avoid that situation okay because, good God, you're so right. And also, what's weird is it's specifically whiskey. You've never handed someone a vodka, and they're like, oh, let me tell you the time I drank Smirnoff under a bridge. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely, there's certain ones like craft beers, uh, like whiskey is terrible for, I mean. Craft beer also, in the hands of the English, has absolutely become a nightmare because you guys have really started enjoying the names. Yeah, give me a neck oil. Give me a tea bag. How about a, a scrunchie in my face? And it's just like, guys. Oh, man. Just what happened to calling it something, someone's last name? Fuck, I went into a, like a sort of hipster off-license beer store uh, during lockdown and they had a beer that was inspired by the film Running Man and was in the colours, like red and yellow, like the colour of Arnold Schwarzenegger's suit and the beer was called Killian is Lying to You, which is, you know, a bit in the film where... Of you course, know, of course. I, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was thinking, fucking it, like this is the zenith of <laughs> hipster beer. We've reached the nadir of, of it all. Like, I mean, fucking hell, guys. (laughs) You know, and you just think, this is the sort of thing, like, I know you're making beer, but were you stoned? Because that's a very stoner thing to do, isn't it? Like, such a stoner thing to do. It's, yeah, the problem that we now have is with weed being legal is that, like, potheads have follow through. Like, they're going to fucking make shit happen now. That's why I think that everything is so... We're back to being brightly colored, all that sort of stuff. The amount of people that are drinking has dropped drastically, and a lot more people are smoking weed. And I think that they're... The third problem with that is people who smoke weed think they can keep doing business, and you end up with a beer that says... It's called Killian is lying to you. That said, I love the movie The Running Man, and I'm here for it. Oh, yeah. I don't even drink. I drink that beer. Well, I wouldn't. But I, I'd look at it in the store. That's something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I think, I can't remember the other name. They had a lot of other names of mad shit. And I kind of, I mean, yeah, I loved the film. And part of me was like, uh, I was really on the fence. It's like, I kind of love it and I hate it. <laughs> you know, I love that you like Running Man, but maybe this has gone too far. Maybe we could just call it Pale Ale again, you know, and just have your brand name. I also just have to say this, Running Man, is that is that, it's not maybe the best Arnold performance. It might be the best Jesse the Body Ventura performance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I've got a real soft spot for it because I think it was maybe the first Arnold film I saw when I was like eight or something obscenely too young. But um, anyway, but I'm, we're getting sidetracked. Let's not rate all of Arnold Schwarzenegger's performances now. It's Terminator 2 is number one. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, being, like having to drink next to someone constantly talking about it. It's like, yeah, a little back and forth, fine. But after a while, let's let's move on to other things, you know? Do you know what I've also noticed that's missing a lot more now, especially in British pubs, is uh, there's a lot less just random... A- after everyone's had one pint, people just talking to each other. Have you noticed that? Mm. I don't know what part of town you live in, but that used to be a real cr- creature feature of the UK, was you'd pop into a pub and you'd start... Like, you would never be in the town, and then you'd end up with a couple of anecdotes from a from a fellow... I live in London, so that happens a lot less than it does in other parts of the country, you know, because we're mostly moody bastards who are just glad we got through another day, you know, so that, that can be a thing. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Also, I mean, fuck, I work from home and I've got two small kids, so my experience of what pubs are like at the minute is quite scant, I think. So Yeah, you're taking your, you've taken your kids to a Sunday pub patio once didn't enjoy it not going back i wonder if people are doing it with other kind of um substances you know like oh god this heroin's good like, yeah yeah but you know that other kind of heroin that's really i they guaranteed are yeah. I, they, they guaranteed are i know like yeah drug addicts come on mm. absolutely you think this is good you should have had the china white that uh, billy bananas <laughs> Has gotten. I don't know why that's the heroin uh, dealer's name, but I like it. Yeah. Oh, Billy Bananas. He has great skag. That's his <laughs> commercials that for apparently is happening. I've heard them, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We can all sing that. <laughs> and a one, and a two, and a one, two. All right, so let's get to it. All right, do we want to okay. do film, song? Yeah, yeah, because. Or an- oh, Okay, go ahead. No, I was going to say I was going to do my little frilly intro to this section, but we don't have to. We can just we can just go for it. The entertainment system still works. You got two working settings. Worst film, worst song. Okay. And what are we going to be? Worst film is The Irishman. Okay. Martin Scorsese's mo- I have watched that movie so many times to try and figure out how why they did this. It should be such a good movie and it is not a good movie. It breaks my heart. It has all of the good pieces. It's like a every ingredient was the best version of the ingredient, and they made shit. <laughs> like they, there was no meal. I just we went straight from this is a delicious carrot in the ground, and this is the turd. Like that's that's what that movie felt like. Where it's like, where is the good part? That's mind numbing. I think I watched it five times. I, I, I can't describe to you how frustrating it is. But it's it's like three and a half hours long, isn't it? little thing called lockdown my friend i know but i'm still surprised even through lockdown that you managed to watch it that often i, I, I mean a, that's I'm just a t- a- tv in the background guy is how i'm able to do it but yeah okay no, you are right yeah i'm very much like i'm starting to basically look at a film's length before i even consider it like that's the main thing it's like before cast anything I'm like, i wish that netflix had a setting that was just under two hours 
and you know and I know that's a bit of a philistine but like I do like films that are longer than that I have watched films this year that are longer than two hours and enjoyed them so you have ch- you have young children that's yeah, your problem I know that is my problem but but when it gets to three and a half hours long there has to be an intervention on that you're not wrong that's too you're not long. wrong I mean two and a half Okay, we can deal with that if it's good. Three and a half, trim the fucking plot down or make a sequel or something. This is the problem also is that they can be that long. There isn't the limitations of film mm. anymore. And here's the se- the dirty secret of creativity, everybody. And is the actual problem I have with The Irishman is it was someone who was so good at making limitations seem like artistic flourishes was given no limitations. Therefore, there was no artistic flourishes. <laughs> oh, what a fucking douche I am. But that's genuinely how I feel about that movie is that it – Lacked all of that fun Scorsese crazy energy that he has to use to cover up the fact that, like, he's being financed by three dentists on the Upper West Side and no one will give him money. And then Netflix backed up a Brinks truck and he just, he for some reason used all the money to make Robert De Niro look like a really old baby. (laughs) I I suppose it's like, you know, the technology kind of maybe got him carried away because it's like, yeah, for people who don't know, they, they, they start... You see, like, through the whole life, don't you? So they get older, they age. They, so they look younger at the start and they get older. So you can give do a lot with that. But it's like that film Boyhood, you know, where they, they had the same actors. Oh, yeah. Sonor. Fuck off. Yeah, and it's like, it's really about. impressive that you got these actors to buy in for, like, what? Like a 15-year period so that you could revisit them every five years and be like, well, the actor's older now. But you made a film that wasn't that interesting. It was too long. But just just for that kind of gimmick, you know, and it's uh, and it feels a bit like the same with that. But he had special effects, so he didn't even have to string it out for that long. Yeah, it was insane. I don't know. You're 100 percent right. Also, the correlation with Boyhood of it was like, look at this thing that we did for something that's bad. And you're like, uh. you know, all the films where you didn't do that thing and they were just fine because we weren't thinking about that so much. I got to also tell you, Richard Linklater of all those filmmakers, he is a guy that really could have done with a drug overdose in the 90s. Like, artistically speaking, Dazed and Confused is one of the most perfect encapsulations of the North American high school experience. Put on your pretentious pants, John is in town. And then I read the book about it, and good God, is he so impressed with his genius in such a passive way. He's a real he's a real. Com- combination of our three types of desert island dick dwellers <laughs> daniel you know what i'm saying <laughs> i bite my thumb at you richie link lady <laughs> okay well what would your song choice be then all right this is i'm this i'm going to use to make fun of me i am a big music nerd like i'm a like intentionally got into jazz currently going through a big grateful dead slash rock jazz fusion Mm -hmm. phase like i stink when it comes to me when someone says john do you want to put on the music you like i just say you're not gonna like it and then don't so i don't think any song can be bad because i used to hate the band rush they're one of my favorite bands i used to think the grateful dead was crap they're one of my favorite bands now like i just i can't say that there's a bad song so i'm gonna go with silence no music i don't know if that was allowed but i that was the best i could come up with what if it's um, silence, but like not? All right, how about this? I have a backup for you. What if it's John Cale's three fifty three or whatever, okay. which is just him sat at a piano in silence mm. for three minutes and fifty three seconds? Let me. What is that actually? That song is officially called because after being absolutely jo- Johnny fucking drama school to get that <laughs> wrong. Oh, oh, there it is. Uh, silence song is called. How close was I? Four thirty three. Uh. Shit. 
I want to play John Cale's song 433, and the music is the ambient noise around mm, him. Okay. Picking that is quite good, given the sort of people you're on the island with, because they're going to have opinions about it, about, the, about why you've chosen it, about what you could have done differently, about how you got there. As a piece of art, it's contentious, but, I mean, those dicks you're trapped with is going to make it hard. I guarantee one of them calls him John Kelly. <laughs> like, just absolute, yeah, just crap-ola. And by the way, I have, of course, like an asshole. It's not John Cale. It's John Cage, 433. John Cale is from the Velvet Underground. He's either in Velvet Underground or Velvet Revolver. We'll never know which one it was. Uh, but it's John Cage, the contemporary artist, is the song I'm thinking of. And yeah, you can save all your comments. You can shove it up your butt, guys. I am sorry for that mistake. I feel bad. Here's someone else not gonna, I want joining me on the island. People that have been screaming at their phones going, it's John Cage, not John Cale. Listen, I've been there. There's a podcast with Ari Shafir and Bert Kreischer where they don't know who the president or vice president is. It's one of the most frustrating things I've ever listened to in my life. <laughs> Fair enough, fair enough. Well, uh, I mean, I couldn't name him off the top of my head. I mean, so I'm, I'm glad. I, w I was thinking, when you said John Cale, I thought that's fine by me. But um, hey, it's okay. It's John Cage. John Cage, exactly. At least I owned up to it. Yeah. Okay. Now, John, finally, the island is overrun by the biggest dick of all the animals. Which animal is it and why? Snakes. The biggest asshole animal of them all, the snake. The only animal featured directly in the Bible as being a correlation for both the devil and... It's just the devil. I was going to try to make a joke, but I, I couldn't think of one. Um, yeah, it's the de it's the de the devil's rope. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Evil's favorite penis, the snake. Yeah, I mean, I can see why they're just a terrifying animal. I've had I, I see, I've had this before, and I always have to confess, like I I have no problem with them, but I can understand completely why they're a scary fucking animal. You know, like some things are designed to look a bit scary like a scorpion is built for war you know and I, I can appreciate a snake can look quite beautiful but like the things that you're looking at the way it moves the the shape of the eyes the big fangs the fact that so many of them are fucking deadly you know it's hard to make a case for them yeah and also like they they also like they're not furry they're not fun it's not like the honey badger that'll fuck you up but like it has there's no redeeming quality to a snake a snake is like a tesla you've made a choice and now you must be destroyed <laughs> Yeah, that's right, guys. I'm one of those people that's really going hard in on Elon. I can't I can't wait until I am someone featured on an episode of this podcast, but in the inverse and that I am described. <laughs> I am not the guest. I mean, fortunately, I haven't had to have anyone on that really sticks up for Elon Musk. So uh, it's, it's here's the thing is you draw from too many Europeans. That personality, just everyone in Europe is just going, you're the, all of that is for private, sir. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's the thing with Elon when it comes to he he he, he can he'd thrive in America. He'd be all right in Canada. But in Europe, someone would have just punched him in the face by now. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, if he does travel here, we'll see what happens. But, uh, you know, I think a lot of people will be happy to see it. It's, uh, yeah, I don't think we do do well with that kind of... I mean, the thing is, in, in England, in Britain, really, like, we don't really deal that well with success. No, it's kind of glorious. Yeah, so if you're the richest man in the world, you're like, fucking prick. Yeah, says who? How you count? Yeah, that's my favorite. Yes, there's... The amount, listen, it's so fun. The British attitude of like, oh, this person's a movie star. I could have been a movie star. If that guy can do it, I could. And it's like, it's the best, just the most selfish attitude. I love it. Just, oh, yeah, he thinks he's so fucking smart. Yeah, he does. Hey, Stephen Hawking, you ass. 
<laughs> All right. Well, John, listen, I think you've done a great job putting an island full of dicks together. Um, and, you know, talking about the attitude of the Brits, you're about to come over here in, in February for a tour. I certainly am. I will be. Uh, I, all information and all tickets are available at thejohnhastings.com backslash gigs. That is thejohnhastings.com backslash gigs or you can head to any one of my various social media profiles where there is a ton of information on where you can get tickets we're heading to Edinburgh, Leicester, Manchester, uh, Bristol and London so please 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 um, come get tickets to that I think I forgot and Birmingham sorry and Birmingham uh, tickets available for all of those things uh, please come to see me uh, be more funny and less pretentious or possibly the inverse of that <laughs> we'll never know until we do it which we will because it'll be an absolute pleasure as it has been talking to you today John so thank you so much for coming on Desert Island Dicks Brother, this was an absolute pleasure. It really, it really got my blood up. I gotta tell you, I'm, I don't even need a jacket. I'm, I'm all pumped up walking around wintry Denver, just angry at these dicks. <laughs> well, I hope you're not found dead in the snow. It's like he died looking really angry but cold. <laughs> yeah, he died doing what he loves, arguing with people that weren't there. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. All right. Well, thanks again, John. Cheers, brother. Have a great time. So that was Desert Island Dicks with John Hastings there. And uh, yeah, we've got plenty more where that came from. So uh, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. And um, yeah, that that way you'll never miss an episode. So I think that's a wise thing to do. Another thing which would be great is if you could leave us a review and a rating from wherever you get your podcasts. Makes a big difference for us. And we've got big plans this year. So um, any little props you could give us would be wonderful. If you're new to this podcast, then do have a little delve in our back catalogue. It's all available on Spotify or wherever else you get your podcasts from. We've had loads and loads of guests over the years. Uh, I think we've done over 200 episodes now. Um, Comedians galore, but also chefs, critics, drag queens, lots of different kinds of people. Um, So, yeah, have a little delve in there, and um, I'm pretty sure you'll find something you like. Unless you hate the format overall, in which case just... I don't know, just don't leave a comment and just, you know, go and do your own thing, I guess. You know, each to their own and all that. Desert Island Dicks has been a sync clap production. It was dreamt up and produced by James Deacon. And uh, it was produced and presented by me, Dan Benedictus. And I'd like to give a special thanks and also a big happy birthday to James's dad, John Deacon, who has always been a stalwart of the podcast, has always supported us wholeheartedly and is a lovely man to boot. I couldn't make it to his birthday party because of trains. But happy birthday all the same, John. I'm sure my absence didn't make any difference to your celebrations at all all so uh, hope you had a lovely time and i look forward to seeing you soon and i look forward to not seeing you guys soon but just putting out more podcasts that you can enjoy in your own time because that's sort of the aim of this whole thing it's just a kind of pocket entertainment isn't it i don't know what i'm talking about uh, this is my first day back at work and uh, i can't remember how to do anything so yeah okay i'm gonna leave you alone now uh, i'll speak at you soon lots of love bye <laughs>